You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Uh, hello and welcome to the 473rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Spencer, kind of out of position in Holyoke, Massachusetts, the city beautiful. I don't know why I'm leading out today, but Tim isn't here and little guy... Little guy just doesn't seem to have it tonight. Little guy, what's going on? Hey, this is Matt in the city beautiful Minneapolis. Spencer, thanks for the lead out. I am sick. Can you tell? <laughs> you sound terrible. I <laughs> uh, kind of lost my voice a bit here. It, it makes for great podcasting. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's mostly a visual medium. I mean, I look good. I look good. You look great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I couldn't tell anything was wrong until you opened your mouth, and then it all fell apart. That the whole facade came crashing clear. down, little guy. And it was clear. Well, I admit, you know, I had to soldier through. I've been training all winter for this, uh-huh. the podcast we would do on opening weekend. And then, mm-hmm. of course, last week uh, we got the news that Tim uh, wasn't going to make the team. Uh, he hadn't been training uh-huh. enough, and his, his knee warmer policy did not fit with the team's policy. So, yeah. Uh, we caught him and we sent him on a work trip just to make him feel good, you know. He, he had a whereabouts issue uh, <laughs> that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> make that go away for a little bit. Uh, he was training at altitude at the top of a parking garage in Orlando. So he'll be back. He'll be back next week. Uh, uh-huh. When I have no idea what races we'll have, we'll have it next week. But right now, we got opening weekend, despite the fact that I sound like this. We yeah. had some good bike racing this week. Yeah. We did, and that's that's why we're here, powering through uh, the tough segments here. Uh, so I appreciate it, little guy, putting putting in the effort. Um, <laughs> hopefully, the listenership appreciates it. I don't know if I would, if I were a listener, I would probably turn it off and and just come back next week when everybody's feeling a hundred percent. But yeah. uh, I, I, you know, hey, we're gonna put it out. And see what happens if you if you don't want to join us for this this weird journey we're on tonight. That's fine. Uh, we're not going to be offended. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll be back true. next week. That's true. We'll be back hopefully with all our voices. Next week. But, but we do need to talk about opening week because it's finally here. I've been uh, complaining for it seems like eternity now <laughs> that we have had no road racing. That it's been only cyclocross and and training races and Australian races, um, and it's here. We've got cobblestones. We've got bike racing in Belgium. We've got long sleeves. We've got shoe covers. Yeah. We've got the whole nine. It's back, and I love it, little guy. Did it? Did it tickle the itch? Did it itch the tickle? It did for you. It did. It was it was good. The Belgian races were fun. Uh, yeah, what can what can you say? It was a jumbo, 
jumbo weekend. It was a big weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was there was a lot of racing and, and, and that jumbo team. Visma, uh, what the are they Visa, Visma, Visma Lisa uh, bike, jumbo Lisa. They Lisa Lisa bike really crushed it. Lisa That's crushed great. it. Um, she's doing great. Uh, the yellow looks resplendent all over the front of the pack. Uh, I couldn't get enough of Matteo Jorgensen. Uh, I've yeah. been talking him up for years at this point on this podcast. So hopefully everybody is now buying in, um, the bandwagon that is the Jorgensen hype train. He was really, he was really good at, at the Oom loop. Mm-hmm. He was super strong. Um, well, first let's just kind of go through the basic results, but then I have, I have a thing that kind of links to Jorgensen, Oh, which is just, okay. All right. Obviously at Umloop, uh, Tratnik won mm-hmm. over Nils Pollitt and then Wout cleaned up in the sprint. I and, would say him winning was, a, it was a huge surprise yes. and, and it kind of was, but at the same time he's on the, he's on the team. Like we well, knew. Yeah. We knew they were going to win. Yes. And it almost, we made the joke, it almost doesn't matter who. And it turns out it didn't matter. It didn't who. matter. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, Wout was A, Christophe Laporte was B. And then uh-huh. I, 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 I didn't look at the start list. I assume, like, Benute was there. Uh huh. He was. Because last, last year, I believe they cleaned up opening weekend with, like, Van Barl and Benute. And this year, Tratnik and Wout. But that was kind of my point is to be, why be a leader on any team when you could be third fiddle on jump, uh, Visma Lisa and win more? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, cause right. Like you said, it's not surprising. Tratnik won. He's strong. He, he got third in a short stage race the week before. Like he's obviously riding well and he's always been a strong rider, but on any other team he was on, he would never got in a position where he didn't have to do work the whole race. Like he could be in this race, the guy that was like sitting there being the third guy. And then they're like, Hey, trying to take a flyer. Boom. He does. Yeah. And he pulls Paul yeah. away and that's it. And like, it's so much more beneficial to be that guy in the same way. Jorgensen was in the move for most of the day. And yeah, on any other team, he would have just been, just sitting there desperately clinging on for life as opposed to as he's bossing the race, you know? It is, uh, it is impressive. The, um, the flexing that, uh, Visma Lisa bike is able to do. Um, it's a little scary. (laughs) It is. And, uh, yeah, we haven't seen this kind of thing for, for quite some time in the, in the men's peloton, anyway, we've had uh, some dominant teams on the women's side in road cycling. Yeah, um, SD Works uh, still pretty dominant for the most part, uh, but yeah, it's it's been since like kind of the glory. The, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, the glory days of men's uh, road cycling, where. Um, you know, you had these just guys who could go so fast, so hard, and for so long, and we all know why now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was those glory quick step days. I think is is was sort of like the template for the super team on the cobbles, and the, the, and the, and the map a before that. Yeah, 
But think of all the guys that came out of Boone and Shadow that went to other teams and did like your Nick Nguyen's and your uh, mm-hmm. and Terpstra. I mean, Terpstra was he Terpstra won mo- multiple monuments in Boone and Shadow, mm-hmm. and then went away and. I mean, yeah, he had some crashes and stuff, and he went away when he's getting older. But still, like, uh, like I don't know, Langevelt, like tons of dude. Maybe it was Langevelt. No, Langevelt was on Rumble Bike. Anyway, there was just a bunch of guys who were that. I mean, that second or third tier guy, like a like a Matteo Trenton, uh, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, of, Trent, kind Trent, of one of those guys. Who's also yeah, who's yeah, no, finished in the top shooter. ten. <laughs> he's, he's still there, boss. Or uh, or in the same way that Tratnik won. And Tratnik's uh-huh. this guy was always strong. I mean, if if you've been around for a while, everyone will remember Sylvan Chavanel. Strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. French, French yeah, yeah. dude who was always there. And you thought, maybe Chavanel's more like saying he's like Christophe Laporte. Because Chavanel was that guy who could kind of be there in the classics, but it could never come together. Moves over to Quick Step. And suddenly you're like, oh, Sylvan Chavanel's a force, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. he moves away to the French team to ride out the rest of the career, and he's not a force anymore. And that's, I don't know, they're that's just that, they're just the yeah. super team right now. They're definitely the super team on the combos, and it yeah. showed um, again. It, it definitely did. It definitely did. And, uh, of course, we also had a fantastic race in the uh, women's umloop uh, hit Newsblad. Uh Quite the stellar group getting away, a uh, group yeah. of four going to the line, kind of playing that cat and mouse, playing the, uh, you know, group splitting up, coming back together, who's going to chase kind of thing. Like classic, classics, bike racing. It was super good in a super strong group with Mariana Voss, Lada Kopecki, Elisa Longo Borghini, and Sharon Van Enroy yeah. in that group, That's which is... That's a heck of a group. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, if that was on the men's side, everyone would be, I mean, not that people aren't, but like more losing their mind. That's like, that's, yeah. Like the There's a lot of group. world champs and former world champs in that group. Yeah. A lot of big, big winners in that group. And, uh, a lot of Kopecky, uh, arguably the, the force to be reckoned with, I guess, in women's cycling right now, kind of uh, winning at will, uh, almost. <laughs> well, almost, almost, though. Uh, almost. Uh, things didn't work out quite quite how she wanted. Uh, outfoxed by the Fox, Mariana Voss, yep. in the sprint. Perfection, little guy. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I was saying this to you before we started. Not that I, w- I don't want to, I don't want to hate on Kapeki. But uh-huh. it's a world champion. She's her star is ascending. Uh, she's just signed the big contract. Like she is, she is uh, like star power right now. And then Voss is just like, uh, don't forget about me. I've, I've, I know I've been on the top a long time, but uh, yeah, you just you can't you can't you can't forget about you, Voss. You can't forget about Voss, and you can't underestimate her. And I think. That is, I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but, you know, uh, Voss was not doing the work in that group and they kind of let her get away with it and she made him pay. Um, 
which is just, it's classic. It's by the book. It's textbook. It's how you do it. And it's, it's Mariana Voss in a nutshell. She knows how to win, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was it, good. It was a pretty good race. Uh, if if you haven't seen that one, that one is worth rewatching on the trainer. Uh, I would say for sure. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I won't. I won't. I won't get on the trainer, but that'd be. Uh, it sounds good. Well, I don't know how you're gonna watch it then. Um, <laughs> maybe you. Maybe over your co-op uh, brand Cheerios in the morning or something. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, those are the those are the main events. There's all kinds of other racing we're not even going to talk about. They're racing in the Middle East. They're racing in in Spain. They're racing in France. Uh, probably Lisa mm-hmm. Bikes won all those. I know they won some of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Just mark it down as uh, as Lisa Bike winning uh, all of them, and you're you're going to be right. I just pencil it. Yeah, I pencil it in. You know, just to yeah. just to be just to cover the spread. Fair enough. Uh, we're back though. Uh, we can talk about KBK a little bit. Wow. Wow. Reasserted who is the boss today. Yeah. Tim Wellens reminded us that he used to be a classics guy and he kind of disappeared for a while. He's back. He's back. <laughs> and then I, and this is just for Tim. Cause, uh, Oyer Lazcano of Movistar got third, not no. a total fluke. Uh, he won, he won the like little gravel first big kind of gravelly slash road race, the classic Jan a couple weeks ago. Okay. In, hey, that's uh, in kind Spain. of a little out of nowhere. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a fun race. That's a fun race. But anyway, I don't know anything about that race. The day before it hit news body finished 120, 120th. So well, uh, saving the legs, saving the legs, smart saving racing, the legs smart race. for sure. Um, maybe he was, uh, trying to get in the move there or something and it didn't work out, but, um, yeah, coming up big, uh, but just looking through this list, a lot more Visma up there just in the top 10 kind of crushing it. So I did see a KBK Tom Skewens friend of the pod coming in 17th, just getting pipped for that 16th place one day, one day it's going to work out for him. Uh, yeah. And he'll get that 16th. Well, he, um, he, it is unfortunate uh, he, to see him pipped. He had a great ride at at the Umloop. Like he was there until yeah, the, it kind of like regrouped later on. But he was in one of the big moves of the day. I I was thinking he needed like one extra potato in his pocket, maybe like a custom potato. He said he didn't want it, but I mean, I think he looked a little hunger flat. He needed one more potato. I'm th- yeah. I'm thinking we need to have Tom's on the pod coming up at some point. And we, we need to do, you know, we've done the Jersey pizza rankings over the years uh, where you assign the Jersey to a pizza topping based on how much you like the Jersey is to how much you like the pizza topping. It's very uh, subjective scoring system. But what if we do the same thing? But with potatoes, with ways to prepare potatoes, so, you, know, you got your French fry, you got your yeah. tater tot, you got your waffle fry, you got your uh, your JoJo's, you got your scallops, you got your mashed, you got yeah. your baked. Uh, I think I think there might be something there. I like so, it. There's probably there's probably ways we don't even know about. 
There's certainly some ways I'm, we're talking to a magician of the potato. Uh, so Tom's, uh, we know you're listening, uh, on those, on those, uh, long mountain climbs, uh, training or those long bus transfers between, uh, stages or whatever. Um, get at us, let us know, do some thinking, school us on the potatoes. Um, we're curious about your thoughts. Uh, so we'll, we'll get our people, uh, on that. Get it connected. I get, um, I want to do one more shout out before we leave this site this racing bed of the corner. Our new segment, boop, 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 boop. Great Jersey okay. of the weekend corner. Great oh. Jersey of the weekend corner. I'm going to award the best gray Jersey of the weekend. And I looked up his age. He's not as gray as I thought. Oliver Nason of oh. uh, Decathlon AG2R Le Mondial. Uh, uh-huh. had a few years in the wilderness, had a brief moment where he was a classics contender and he's kind of seemed to drift for a while here, but I got to say yeah. he popped up this weekend with fourth at Umloop and then promising 16th at KBK. Yeah. Uh, I was nice to see cause I feel like it's been a few years since I've seen any results from him that, uh, <laughs> led me to believe he was actually, he was going to be in the, in the, in the running for one of these. So, uh, He's he's over thirty, which in cycling today means he's almost dead. He's thirty three years old. <laughs> he's just a baby. Uh, but anyway, that's unfortunate. Uh, there you go. That's that's great. I love that. Uh, of course, Marion Avas winning the gray jersey on the women's side. I think, oh, yeah. uh, hands down. Um, the gray jersey is more of a like. It's also I was thinking of it. Maybe I should call the gray jersey red. Like I would say, the, yeah, Marianne of Us does not rider, embody a, a gray jersey. Yeah, the old that's uh, for like sure. an older rider who sort of uh, like pulled one more trick out of the bag. I'm not thinking that with Voss. I know she's got a yeah, bag of tricks. No. That's like yes, she's like she was the oldest rider in that group that went to the line, and and she you know she she because she had all the extra secrets of it that was yeah she had. All the secrets, um, um, but with probably, this, I think he just actually he found a couple more tricks in the bag. <laughs> Certainly, uh, uh, we can't move out of the race section, little guy, without talking about the women's race on Sunday. The Umloop het Van Het Hagland. Uh, there is no women's KBK, as we uh, uh, were very sad about last yeah. episode, and uh, trying to, of course get the classic monument-esque and big races to support women's racing. They don't do it. So shame on KBK, even though they have a cool donkey. Um, But the Umloop uh, Van Het Hagland is on Sunday. It's basically the the second of the two um, for the women's side of things. And that was won by Kristen Faulkner, uh, who also takes first American. Uh, writing for EF Education, uh, Candondale. And I didn't see anything about this race. I don't know how it played out. But a uh, great win for her. Great win for America. We're, we're going to sign her up to the American team. Uh, we don't even need to trade anybody to Canada to get her. So this is great. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even see this either. I will have to go back and watch because it looks like she won solo. And that's pretty sweet. I am drinking... Uh, some herbal tea out of my EF uh, EF Education Easy Post cup or mug tonight. So uh, I guess it was just it was meant to be. On brand. That's good. 
Sounds like you need it, buddy. <laughs> keep, keep drinking it. Well, speaking of that, then uh, let's uh, let's go to the pre lap early, and then we'll read an email and talk about two or three silly things, and then I'll go to bed. Yeah, try and get you out of here as soon as we can. All right, here we go. All right, little guy, here we are in the preem lap. I'm going to take the lead uh, again, take you through the final few corners so you can uh, hopefully get to the finish line of this podcast unscathed. Um, as always, we are riding for the Wide Angle Podium Network. It is a independent network of independent cycling uh, podcasts and some videos over there on the YouTube. Uh, you can find out more about us over at WideAnglePodium.com. Um, check out all the, the other podcasts we have. Of course, uh, things like Criterium Nation and uh, Cyclecross Radio with Bill Zach and Michael over there. Um, all kinds of good shows covering kind of all aspects of, of bike racing. Um, if you have a niche that you're into, we cover it. Uh, if, if you're just sort of one of those, I love everything about bikes and I can't get enough pump it straight into my veins. Wide angle podium is kind of a, a yeah. spot for you to maybe, uh, get your fix. Um, so head on over, check out shows like the Grodio talking all about, uh, gravel racing, uh, check out our wide angle podium, uh, YouTube channel, uh, to see some of the videos that Bill's put out over the years, um, deep back catalog there. And all of this brought to you for free, um, from all of us here at wide angle podium. And I say free and it is free. Yes. Please enjoy. But if you're in a position where you feel like you can help out, that is absolutely appreciated. And you can do so at wideanglepodium.com slash donate and uh, kind of come on as a monthly recurring donor and whatever level feels comfortable for you and uh, help us continue to do what we're doing here. Um, it's greatly appreciated and it really does uh, make a difference. So with that out of the way, I am going to send us back to the pod for the mailbag, uh, for whatever else we've got on the docket, and uh, for a little guy to finish off this cup of tea and to get across the line to nap time as soon as possible. What up? This is Tomas Koyinch, and you're listening to this low ride. Spencer, we're back. Uh, I think we'll read one email tonight. This is a good one. Before we do that, I didn't want to forget one. Uh, Peter Sagan, remember him? He used to race bikes, and I guess he's he still did. doing that on mountain bikes. He had to have some sort of heart surgery this week, so I, I hope he's okay. Uh-oh. Like had a, a, a regular heartbeat. That's not good because hmm. the man, every pro is doing that now, uh, which maybe it's just because we better testing. But anyway... Hope he's good. And two, Hal uh, Philippe hit the deck hard at Umloop, it looked like. And I, I just want to mention that because I think 
we're ready for an Alaphilippe renaissance here on the podcast. I think we're ready to embrace Alaphilippe this year as <laughs> Patrick keeps slandering him in the press and he's on the comeback trail. He's in the running for the gray jersey. Uh, he's had some tough years. Uh, I was I, hoping for more, but uh, well, hope uh, he's okay. I like this trend that I'm seeing, little guy, where Tim, when he's on, uh, when he's on business, uh, when he's away from the pod on a Sunday night, when the green room is a, a little calmer, as it were, it gives us the time to really talk about Philippe in ways that we don't get to in a normal <laughs> weekly show. Yeah. I feel like this happens every single time he's not here and I don't want to cast dispersions on the super rookie, but I feel like he, he tries to keep uh, a Philippe out of the spotlight. And, uh, I think, <laughs> I think it's time we wrench him back in. Um, Conspiracy. yeah, he has, he has been getting, uh, some, I, I would say not, completely unjustified but out of line criticism yeah. um from Patrick Lefave. Yes. Um you know Alaphilippe's been better in the past but that's you know that just kind of happens. Uh but the way it's gone about it is not not awesome. Kind of typical Lefave uh not a fan. Totally. So it does, it, it sucks to see him go down. Do you know, did we get a report on the watch? Is the watch okay? <laughs> I, I do not know. I would hope a watch that expensive can take one crash, but probably that's the opposite. It probably can take no crashes. So. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine. Um, hopefully, hopefully they give him a replacement if he, you know, cracked the glass or lost a diamond or whatever. Um, you know, if a couple of diamonds fell off when he hit the ground, you know, if you're a kind of a pack fill pro, do you, do you think you like kind of don't mind if you crash near a Philippe? Cause you're like, yeah, if I just take a little time gathering my water bottle and my computer up off the ground and stuff, maybe I'll, maybe I'll yeah. find a diamond or two just bouncing <laughs> around in the pavement. Like uh, that, that would be quite double my salary for the year. Yeah. That would be, uh, yeah, quite, quite, quite the find uh, to yeah. make the race it's possible, profitable risk. Well, uh, I wish him all the best. Hope he's okay. And, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll hope to see him at the front of the pack in the near future because it's a thing that grinds Tim's gears and, <laughs> That is just, of course, something we love here on the podcast. So it's all part of the podcast. Yeah, I hope he's back. Uh, here's our one email. It's from, okay. I'm ready. Uh, friend of the podcast, basically part of the podcast. Nate Chenenko says, "I'll try to keep this brief." One, since cycling is back, Nordic Corner is over. Thanks for featuring an even less popular sport. Two, impressive. <laughs> the Minneapolis World Cup was amazing. Little guy could have come. There were tickets, but no one was checking, which I didn't know. So he assumed that was a limitation set by the city. An American man won a World Cup for the first time in a decade. And my son, AK, little Jonas, had the best weekend ever. I've attached a photo that had me fully convinced that little guy was in attendance, but it was not him. And it's like a picture of kind of a funny looking bike locked up at the trailhead. <laughs> it's not that funny. I would have written something weirder, Nate. Uh, three, 
uh, unlike cycling, any cycling related sport, it was pretty sick to be able to ski the course the day after the event and two days later with a bunch of the athletes who stuck around. And a lot of the Europeans did a few laps on Tuesday before they flew home, so I banged out two laps with the German women. They were working a lot less hard than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't say. But oh, could he hang for a lap of a snowy Champs-Élysées with them? Probably. I mean, I think Peak Nate's probably stronger than Peak Tim. Peak Nate? All right. But we've, we've been there. I mean, in the same way, like, just warming up at, like, USGPs back in the day and being behind some of the pros and I'd be like, this is our warm up pace. And they're just like chatting. And I'm like, how do they go around the corner that fast? Cause I like slip yeah. out trying to follow the Tim Johnson line. Uh, put us in our uh, place pretty quick. I, I know I've told this story in the podcast before, but it's been a few years. One of my favorite memories ever is the um, USGP in Madison when we were both warming up together for the UCI race. And uh, Bart yeah. Wellens and somebody else, some other Belgian, uh, were warming up as well. And we sort of got our two groups of two got intermingled. Yeah. And we went into some off camber, and you were leading somehow, and Bart Wellens yeah. was on your wheel. Yeah. And yeah. you slipped out and fell down the, uh, <laughs> the embankment. Yeah. And he just so casually, just like slight flick of the hips, just like, went around you as yeah. you're like f- flailing around, falling down. He was just like, do to do like almost as if he expected it to happen. And, I think, uh, I think they did expect it to happen. I think it was Vervecken. <laughs> I think it was Bart and Vervecken were there. Vervecken. Oh, right. Um, it was, yeah. Anyway, I remember feeling very, just a couple of world champs watching little guy us. fall down. <laughs> I got so nervous. I got so nervous. And I, and I yeah. did though. Yeah, but I, I didn't take him out. I was definitely, as I was hitting the ground, the only thing I was thinking was, oh man, if I if I ruin his season and this is like <laughs> plastered all over all the cycling websites, that's yeah. some chump. Uh, man. Some I mean, chump. I, I yeah, always wanted I had to be the... able to go to Belgium and I was I was hoping to make, you know, be able to someday and not have my visa yeah. revoked. Yeah, luckily, luckily you're, you're still in good shape. I was... Uh, Happy to be fourth in the line of four there as we went into that. <laughs> I will say I did not fall down. So That's maybe a little better pressure choice in my tires, I guess, than yeah, you. Yeah, I guess. Well, it was the or else they, it wasn't too much pressure in the tires. It was those, it was those world champions <laughs> on my wheel. That's where the pressure came in. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll do it. That'll I do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> one more thing from Nate. He says, I stayed in Minnesota for the Berkey biggest Nordic ski race in the Western Hemisphere. And I'll spare you the details of the race, but there were two interesting starters. A certain Ted King from Vermont did the elite race at a 255-kilometer pace. I don't know what that means. And, however, he was beaten by someone named Levi Leipheimer from Olympic Valley, California at a 251 pace. Uh, huh. I feel like those were pro cyclists from those places with those names. Yeah, that's interesting. If people don't know that Berkey is... Is it's the cross country ski version, like a hundred percent of the Schwamigan race. Yeah, it's part of the lifetime that we prattle on about nonstop here on the pod. Um, and then I famously won in twenty eighteen when the three of us uh, got together to ride I'm it. Pretty sure, uh, I famously spend, uh, won. I'll keep talking right now, Spencer. And, oh. uh <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a big deal around here, and 
That's pretty cool. And it did seem like a lot of the folks who did the World Cup like stayed and did the Berkey because I know other people are talking about going up there and there is it's made sense. It's impressive that a sport um that is mainly Euro based could have two big events within a, a just like a two to three hour drive from each other. That I didn't think was possible. <laughs> I thought you had to do your World Cup events um like at least sixteen hour drives from each other. Is yeah. that not one of the rules in, in ski racing? Yeah, no, I guess not. I mean, yeah, if you're doing it in bikes, they've got to be really far and, and really hard to get to. So Yeah. And and it was really weird to do the World Cup in a place with a, a large international airport, you know? I felt that like also some seems wrong, yeah. It feels wrong. It feels like you should do it at least in a place where you, if you're flying into any remotely major airport you got to drive for four or five hours yeah i i feel like yeah if you if you're doing a, a major world cup sporting event for an olympic sport um you know you, you if you don't have to make at least two connections and get on a plane that probably can't handle a bike bag yeah um i don't know is it really worth it yeah it's it's not it's not a big sport then yeah so Anyway, Take shout out that, Iowa City, Fayette. shout out Fayetteville. <laughs> uh, I love Jungle Cross though, but Fayetteville. Oh, ever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some other emails, but I think we'll save them for uh, when Timmy's back. Uh, yeah, we want to do him justice. Yeah. I'll say thanks to John Barnes. He sent us some videos that for some reason I can't open, but it's probably because, you know, I'm using Bing or something. But if I open them this week, I'll try to throw them up on the Instagram. Send us some, it looks like it was an yeah. opening weekend. So Hopefully the, the neighbor's Wi-Fi signal gets a little stronger for you. Um, yeah. You know, maybe it's a the, cloudy day or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll stick the antenna out the window later and get them downloaded. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if you got anything else. I got one little story to tell you. From this week. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll I'll mumble it out here and see if people can hear it. Um, on uh, uh, Monday or Tuesday this week, whatever, early in the week. Okay. Me and me and Tom Boonin were coming home from their school, and we we're like four or five blocks from how our home. And this guy rides past us going the other way. He's cruising down Portland here in Minneapolis, right? End of the day, commuting. He's got on uh he's got on a Astana colored specialized helmet just like I do. Okay. And as he rides by, he's like he's a white guy, ten years younger than me, same build as me. Like we're like the same size. He's riding a check a Trek uh Cyrus or five twenty touring bike from the mid eighties, which I used to have, famously had for like fifteen years until I uh -huh. rusted a hole through it. And he's got yellow Ortley bags on it. And he oh. like rides by and I, in my mind, I was like, that's, that was weird. That was like a younger version of me just rode past. Yeah. Especially my last few years of being a courier, I rode that bike a lot and I put the panniers on cause we did like a big route in the morning and I had that helmet then. And yeah. I was like, well, that was weird. I didn't say anything. And then little time boot and time boot and like half a block later went, dad, that was weird. Cause that guy, uh, had the helmet of you and the bags. And I was like, yeah, I know that guy was just like, me. that was weird. So I was like, I was like, that was really weird. 
And then the next day, too, we were riding home. We were even on a different street. And he comes busting. This guy comes busting around the corner again. And uh, this time, our eyes locked for a second. I was like, hey. hey. But I didn't get to be like, you're a young me. Where are you going? <laughs> wow. But, yeah. Um, same bike, same bike. Like, not like the weirdest selection of components in the world or anything. But um, the combo that I, I have rocked for years and uh yeah like my size too if i knocked him over i could ride that bike away oh uh, maybe you should um what's wild is as you were telling this story i i had this whole scenario concocted of how you'd seen like an apparition or some sort of uh portal wormhole into the past or a different future yeah that like could have been a, like an alternate reality thing like you turned your head like the 0.4 degrees just enough to see the alternate dimension but then yeah. you saw him twice so you blew that all apart this is not some fluke weird alternate reality scenario this is a a doppelganger yeah i got one again i haven't had one in years it's been almost 20 years since i had a solid doppelganger around yeah. town um so I'm going to try to talk to this guy and see how he came to have this bike and bags and helmet combo that I have. The funny thing is I have this helmet that I we got I got years ago and the only other time I've seen someone with this helmet is that the when I take this long route I take to work sometimes which takes rather than just going straight to work which takes me 10 minutes it's like 45 minutes and I like ride down the creek and mm -hmm certain days of the week there's a woman who's like riding a fat bike who i like always catch because we're like on the same time but she's like on a fat bike so she's like just cruising along at like 10 miles an hour she yeah. has that helmet and i never see this helmet any other times in the same color and it's always like we're the only two people around when i catch her and i'm always like yeah we got the same helmet <laughs> Hey, it seems like you got to ride with Mark Cavendish a little more often than we have. Yeah, yeah. The Stana colors, man. That's I love it. You know? <laughs> I, I think you guys would hit it off. You'd have a nice ride, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have a, I own a watch, and he owns many fancy watches. Yeah, you would think. You guys could talk about what time it was. Well, that's my story. I have doppelganger. I'll, if I'll, I'll try to report back with more doppelganger information this week. I do want to know if if you do run into him again, and it seems like you will, uh, just based on living your your random life, uh, you should randomly run into them at some point. Um, yeah, I want to know the backstory of the bike. Maybe he found it in a dumpster and had a hole rusted through it, and he had to like, you know, saw it apart and reweld in, like rebuild it. Uh, you know, and now oh, it's yeah. sort of a RoboCop version of uh, of your previous bike. Who knows? That would that would be very impressive if it. Yeah, if it has a replaced um, drive side chainstay. Uh, I I mean I you know I am a cheapskate and I will ride things until <laughs> like I was cleaning it and I pushed I pushed through the 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 chainstay with my finger. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I was like, if that can happen, I don't trust any part of this bike anymore. And I was just like, yeah. and I was like, no, this is not, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not even trying to fix this. Yeah. It was that very rusty. So if anybody fixed that bike, bike uh, hats off to them for being uh, your cheapskate crazy person.
Well, we'll get we'll get our best people on it, little guy. Uh, try and get to the bottom of this mystery. Um, but I think that's gonna do it for us. We're gonna wrap this episode up a little short, a little sweet. Hopefully you guys understand, uh, not at full power this week. Um, but, uh, you can send us emails, send us your complaints about it. That's totally fine. Uh, at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where Tim will gratefully receive them all and read them and, uh, probably respond to you as well. Um, you can keep up to date with us on Twitter and Instagram at the slow ride pod, um, you can enjoy the intro and outro music in its full glory. Uh, if you pick up the album Radio to Camo, uh, Radio to Cannibal from BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment, who graciously lets us use this music over and over again for many years at this point. And um, I guess on behalf of Tim, who is normally in Orlando, Florida, I'm Matt. In the city beautiful Minneapolis. And I am Spencer. In the city beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.